Welcome back to A Little Forward, a podcast by Freeform. I'm April Quio. And I'm Jenny Yang. And we are your hosts. We've missed you so much. And so we just had to come back. And we got a little bonus episode just for you. It is Hispanic Heritage Month, and we cannot think of a better way to celebrate than by bringing you this app. So in this episode, we are talking all about immigration, and this is a topic that hits super close to home for both Jenny and I. We'll talk about our experiences a little bit later, and we can't wait to dive in. Our guests today are Emily Tosta and Nico Gordado. They're the stars of the upcoming Party of Five reboot on Freeform. I'm super looking forward to this because this new version of the original show um, follows a group of siblings and how they cope after their parents are deported, like the drama. They were so much fun to talk to. They're so smart and they're so young. Their skin just glistens. <laughs> it was just incredible. Just walking filters. They are walking filters. Truly walking beauty filters. It was <laughs> it was wild. And they really had a lot of interesting things to say about the topic. Yes. So, and of course, our personal life coach, Mad Belisai, is also back with some incredible advice for us. But first, before we get into all of that, let's kick it off with our struggle of the week. All right, Jenny, it's that very special time. Are you ready? Yes. It is time for Struggle of the Week. As you know, this episode is all about immigration. We both have a lot to say on the topic. We both have close, intimate experiences with it. So tell us, Jenny, what is your struggle? Y'all, I am an immigrant, and so my whole life is a struggle. Love it. No, no, no. Um, You know, for me, I think my current struggle with being an immigrant even though I've been in this country forever now and I'm like so Americanized, I'm an American citizen, which is great, you know? <laughs> um, but like, the thing is, is uh, language is still kind of an issue, mm. right, with me and my family because um, I grew up speaking Mandarin Chinese in the home and then out in the public world, I speak English. My mom and dad, their English isn't great. And I love, love that in the last few years, my mom has learned how to text message. Oh, my gosh. Okay, because she doesn't really, you know, Mm -hmm. speak or write English. And Google Translate is, like, amazing. Mm. So I've started to use that, and it's, like, super fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, And so this is, like, actually a positive side of the struggle Mm -hmm. is, like, when it comes to, like, being bilingual, multilingual, you know, I can now, like, text my mom and not, like, like, annoy her if she calls me. And I can't pick up because no one talks on the phone anymore except with my family, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's awesome. Like, she gets to, like, send me stickers and emojis. I feel so loved. More love than I ever got growing up. I love that. (laughs) I'm like, oh, mom is sending a fluffy white kitten with hard eyes. What? Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So it's great. But so what it makes me kind of sad and, like, it makes me kind of, like, think about is the fact that, like, when I was little... When I had a little closer connection with my extended family in Taiwan, mm-hmm. um, I wish I had this. So anyway, it just makes me think about like deep stuff like that. Yeah. Like not, like communication is so great now mm-hmm. um, in terms of technology. But like it kind of makes me wonder if like I should be using those tools to like recapture a kind of extended family feeling yes. that I 
never had. Ugh, I so relate to you. Really? On this tip. Yes. I mean, growing up, there was a period of time there was a civil war in Liberia. So Ugh. literally the only way we could talk to our family was like letters to the refugee camp. Like Stop. We did not hear hand, their voice. Hand written. letters. Yes. We did not hear their voice for like 10 years, like a long time. Smuggled. Yeah, literally. And Smuggled now, <laughs> letters. This is some like... Physical letters. And <sighs> now it's like I get in trouble if I don't respond to the family like chat on Facebook in time. <laughs> so it, it, like I get what you're saying where it's, it's like, oh, it's so nice that we have these tools. But now it's kind of like it's harder to ignore that distance. is harder to ignore now that we are in touch. So what you are describing is part of my struggle. Yeah. But my overall struggle is my like privilege within the like immigration conversation yeah so my family my mom and my dad and my older sister and then later another one of my sisters came to this country like in the 80s and then my other sister came in the 90s and then I'm the first person to be born here like anybody in my family to not have to go through like a naturalization process not have to go through the whole thing just be born with like the privilege of citizenship which I think a lot of people really take for granted like a lot of times I'll feel a lot of pressure because like I said, I have I probably have 200 cousins. My mom has 10 siblings alone. Like <laughs> I probably have 200 cousins. I have all these aunts and uncles who would do anything to be in America and do anything to have the opportunities that I have. So growing up, especially, I always had this pressure of like, I got to make it worth it. Like I got to really be successful Ugh. and be able to make the fact that I'm the only one who like has this privilege and has this opportunity and I got to like make something of myself, not only like for my cousins and also just to make it worth it for my parents. Like hearing about the stories that they went through when they first came to the, this country, it was like, OK, they like really, really, really suffered. We're not prepared for it at all. They were like, we're going to come to America. It's going to be lit. They got here. It was like Baltimore in the 80s. Everybody Oof. was racist. Oof. They're dark skinned Africans like they had no idea. Oh, man. And they got through all that. And then they had me. And it's kind of like, OK, make it worth it because like they went through so much. You know what I mean? And so. I, you know, I am doing my best. I'm trying to also like live my life for my own happiness, but also yeah. keeping in mind that that is a very real reality of my family Yeah, has been a lifelong struggle. And I feel like will always be a struggle because it's like the truth, you know? Yeah. How do we balance that? Like our own happiness with our sense of responsibility for our community and our family. Absolutely. I feel like that will be my my ongoing crisis. For life. <laughs> On my tombstones, like, she tried her best to balance both her familiar expectations, <laughs> the expectations of her family, and also her personal happiness and well-being. She tried to do self-care, but ultimately failed at it because <laughs> you know that the pressure. You know that quote, I am my ancestor's greatest dream yeah people always have it on a t-shirt stresses me out yeah when i see that i'm like oh god um yeah so that is that is my struggle that uh, that is our struggle truly i feel that i feel that as well (laughs) we out here We are joined in the studio today. We have two amazing stars of our upcoming freeform show, Party of Five. So excited. So excited. Um, we have actor Nico Guardado and Hello. actress Emily Tosta. Hey. Welcome thank to you a so little much. forward. Thank you for having oh. us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you guys. Yay. We're so excited <laughs> to have you. Yeah, we're all fresh. You know, this is our fresh season of our talk show, and then y'all are fresh with your new Party of Five reboot. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's amazing. It's been crazy. It's yeah. been awesome. But I like that there's a spin on it, and, and, and it's appropriate because our theme for today's episode is 
all about immigration. Yes. yes. You know, we, we just shared our struggles with immigration and how we relate to it because I'm an immigrant and, and April is a child of immigrants, yes. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to know, just to get started, like, how do you personally in real life relate to the issues of immigration or uh, being an immigrant? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an immigrant as well. Um, I moved to this country when I was about almost 13 years old. I was born and raised in Dominican Republic. And my mom sacrificed everything for her and I to come here for obviously better opportunities that we wouldn't have in my country. So I went through a very, very tedious immigration process because we obviously came and we didn't have a legal status. So it was just very, very stressful. And it still is continuously very stressful because I'm not a resident or a citizen. I'm on a work visa. So that's a constant struggle that I have to deal with and that my mom has to deal with. And this is right now. Yeah, right now. Currently. You're living it. <laughs> yeah, I'm living it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's this why when I, when I first got the script for the show, I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Because I, I always want to do something that has a message behind it and especially something that I can relate to so much. And I just think that not a lot of people are talking about it nowadays, especially in TV and film. And the fact that we get to do it, it was an honor. It was a blessing because it's something that I'm struggling with every single day. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just very happy that we get to talk about it. Nico, how about you? Uh, my personal involvement with immigration comes from my grandfather, my grandpa Victor, who came from Durango, Mexico, um, after my oldest uncle was born to California and had the rest of his family, my father included, uh, and really worked his butt off, um, had his green card, uh, was a resident. He had to raise nine kids and he came here for better opportunities and you know, he, he's passed away now, but he, I think he passed away with, with no dreams left, which is I think Dang. something that, something that I've amazing. carried, yeah. I'm wondering how you both feel about being a part of a project like this, especially now where it's kind of like, I feel like a lot of people, number one, if they don't know immigrants, they don't relate to the struggle mm -hmm. or they don't just have any idea of what they're going through. So now that you've been involved with the show with the subject matter, like what has that felt like on a personal level, sort of being able to be a part of showing people what this experience can look like? Kind of like I said before, I, I've always wanted to be a part of a project that means something that's not just I'm um, acting out a character, but I'm actually telling a story. And I think going back on, on your question, it's, it's honestly an honor to represent this. And I think that it's definitely a little bit of a controversial topic sometimes because of what you said. There's some people that they can't relate to it. So therefore, they kind of just put it aside. Mm -hmm. But I think that whether you're an immigrant or not, you are going to be able to relate to the show and you are going to be able to relate to this topic, whether that's out of compassion for somebody else's struggle or whether that's because you are going through it or you know somebody that's going through it. I think it's such a timely topic right now that it's going to be very easy to relate to it. And I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm going through it firsthand and I can bring that into my character. I can bring that into the story. I mean, my mom and I, like I said, we're on a work visa together and my mom is, is scared. She's very afraid to leave this country. She hasn't left the country because she's scared that she's not going to be let back in. And I mean, her mother, my grandma, she was denied access to the country. So my mom and my grandma have, haven't seen each other in years because of fear that is literally instilled by a very flawed immigration system. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are stories that I think just need to be told. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, I like how you brought up fear, because I think fear is the reason that this whole topic of, of immigration comes from, especially in politics about, you know, you hear, well, there's 
people bringing drugs and crime and all this into the country. But I was talking about this with Emily uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. And when I was saying you can't judge one person out of a whole group of people that are coming here for for better opportunities. Yeah, it's like a stereotype. It's like you shouldn't be stereotypical towards anybody. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So it's hard. It's hard, like you said, to relate it to people that aren't going through it personally. But like Emily said, I think this show is doing it in a in a, a great way of just you get to peek into a life of, of kids that um, are separated. Mm-hmm. And I think you can relate to, to the characters themselves um, in such a personal way. So, yeah. yeah, and just to like catch people up on the basic premise of the show, because we don't have any spoilers because we don't know the show yet. Ooh. We only know the trailer. <laughs> Right? Yeah. We can't wait to see it, yes. but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. But you were talking about, uh, you know, families separated, mm. and that's actually a direct reference to the premise of the show, which yeah. is the fact that y'all are in a family. There's a bunch of kids. Mm. Parents are gone because they had to be deported. Yes. Mm. Yes. Right? Yes. So Party of Five is basically about, like you said, five siblings um, trying to survive in the United States after our parents get deported. And... We can't spoil much, but mm-hmm. just know that you're probably going to cry a lot. You're going to laugh yeah. a lot. It's going to be a roller coaster of emotions. Roller coaster. <laughs> can't wait to cry. I cried <laughs> at the trailer. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> we did yeah. too. Yeah. I love I'm a good so cry. Funny. I do. That's I what do. that's what I'm in this for. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Just to curl up and cry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a super important part of the premise because I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it. As you were saying, that's a lot mm-hmm. of people's like current experience. Mm-hmm. So we would love to hear more about your characters kind of their journeys what can we expect from how they process this big thing that happens in their family and just kind of tell us what what their deal is what they're all about um well my character is lucia acosta and she is this quote-unquote perfect girl Mm. she's a straight-a student um all she focuses on at school she goes to bed early she does her homework that's basically she's like the perfect girl quote-unquote And obviously something like this, which is a very traumatizing experience, changes who she is as a person and changes the way that she views the world around her. And she gets very politically radicalized. She Okay. Yeah. She she starts going through a lot of inner struggles and obviously that reflects upon her outer life. So she's not doing as good in school anymore and she just she's going through all these constant confusions and she's trying to figure out who she is and this all was obviously brought up brought about from what happened in her family, from her parents being deported and her family being separated and her kind of not wanting to grow up so fast and not wanting to have this mom role in her family, which is something that she's really trying to walk away from because she wants to live her teenage life. So yeah, that's a little bit about Lucia. (laughs) I play Beto Acosta and he's somewhat the opposite uh, of Lucia not good whatsoever in in school in terms of academics um sports is not too good at that girls that's not his forte either um so i think in terms of that a lot of people can relate relatable relatable. super relatable that That was me that was me that was me um but yeah and then our parents get taken away and he sort of looks at it as this sucks but it is what it is and um, I have to be there for, or he has to be there for the baby, and he has to be there for for his little sister and his and his older brother and and, and twin sister because me and Lucia are twins. Which is funny because we're like the complete opposite on this show. <laughs> we are the same we person, are the in, same real person in real life. Oh, wow. I mean, same person. It's crazy. This casting yeah. is unreal. Yeah.
That's really interesting to hear about sort of their like responses to trauma and like yeah. how, how they feel like they need to be activated in those moments. Did you feel like when you were acting out the this happening in their family that you would have the same reactions that your characters had? Like how did you relate to how they dealt with this happening? Um, I think for me when I, I kind of can relate it to my own personal story in the sense of when this happened to me and I moved to this country and my mom and I, we had no money, we had no legal status, we couldn't really get a job, it wasn't that easy to work or make money. So when that happened, I was almost 13 years old and I had to grow up very fast and I had to kind of become a mom with my mom <laughs> in yeah. the sense of um, I had to hustle and I had to struggle and I had to figure out where, what am I going to book? How am I going to make this money? Same with my mom. So I guess with my character, it's kind of the opposite. So it's not as relatable for me, but I'm still seeing it from her perspective, from Lucia's point of view, because I think it hits everybody differently. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People deal with things very differently. So with Lucia, it's the opposite that happened with me. With Lucia, she's kind of not wanting to take on that role. So, yeah. So for me, my personal story and my character story is actually completely different in the way that they dealt with the situation, but it's still relatable to me. Nice. Yeah, I think for me, it was extremely relatable because I, I'm the oldest of my family, the oldest of my siblings. And I've been taught, like, right when my mom got pregnant with my little brother, um, like, you're going to have to be there for him and all this. And that's that's what um, my grandfather raised raised his kids on, is being this tight-knit group. And, and that also that, like, family's not blood, you know? You always look out for, the, for your loved ones, the people you care about. Um, so when Beto... His parents get taken when the parents get taken away he it was very easy to to relate to and, and work that out and because it, it's it's the person that my parents have raised me to be uh so yeah yeah it's very very easy very fun too mm -hmm. well um you know party of five originally might have been a while ago for you right <laughs> have y'all yeah. seen yeah. it now and like yeah yeah, yeah we used we to watch it. it together while we were filming in montreal yeah. actually what were your impressions yeah. about like the difference even um yeah i mean it's definitely a different circumstance mm -hmm. and especially um even with immigration and in the light that that it's in now but still that growing up super fast you yeah know, your that's like the themes your right? parents die in a in a in a, yeah. in a, in in a, a horrible accident. car accident yeah. you you got to grow up fast well, mm -hmm. what do we do you know you get it's terrible to even think about but yeah i think yeah. It's, it's, there's also going to be a few similarities like i think some people caught onto it on the trailer oh, yeah. some scenes that are kind of similar oh which one the original ones um on the first episode of the original Party of Five, there's the swing scene be between our characters. Yeah. And there was also that in Same. in our show. So I don't know. You'll, you'll definitely be able to notice if you were a Party of Five fan from the original show, you'll definitely be able to notice some similarities. Yeah. yeah. There's some there's some callbacks for sure. Yeah, there's okay. a few things that it's kind of like, oh, I remember that for people that did watch the original show. So yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Did you feel any nerves about the fact that like, the show existed. It's kind of before your time. It's before my time, too. I've seen a little bit, but I haven't seen a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But do you feel any nerves sort of stepping into a reboot situation where the original material existed and people were in love with it and now you're sort of taking the reins, the second iteration of it? How did you feel about it? For sure. A lot of Nervous. pressure. Nervous. <laughs> um, I think 
and I've said this before, the the a lot is the pressure kind of gets taken off because these aren't the same characters, mm-hmm. um, same situ, dissimilar situation, but different situation, different characters. So we we all have our own different ways of going about it, which takes the pressure off. It's not like something we have to step into, but definitely for the fans, you know, because it was such a successful show and yeah. and people people loved it. Um, and you know there has been some some feedback where you're like, mm-hmm. oh well it's not going to have the original characters yeah. and stuff. But at the same time, I just say, give it a chance yeah, because like yeah. I said, I think it's very relatable, very relatable. You'll it's be a able very to, powerful story. You'll be able to cry. You'll be able to laugh. You'll be able to be like, what is going on and all this. And mm. so, yeah, give it a chance. It'll be great. I think It'll, Amy and Chris are doing an incredible amazing. job. at and bringing, too, well. Yeah. And Michal too, at bringing these new characters to life. So I think that also takes away the pressure a little bit just because the writing is so incredible and the way that they're portraying these characters and the story is so impeccable. And I think that it just makes the story 10 times more powerful. Yeah. You know, I think we have a great team of cast and crew. They're and going about it yeah, so well so in such a good I, way. I think it, all, it takes the pressure a little bit more off in a sense just because I, I think we all trust each other to bring these stories to life. But at the same time, it's like it was such a popular show. So it's definitely you see those mixed reactions from people. Even after the trailer came out, there's people with mixed, you know, with mixed opinions. But I feel like that's about everything. You know, not every single person is going to like something. Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We cannot wait to see where these so characters hyped. go. I'm like, uh, yeah. I mean, I am too. Dial oh, no. Set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Well, Emily and Nico, thank you so much for being here with us. We've of learned course. so much. Yeah. We've learned about your personal backgrounds, about sort of what it's like playing characters in these circumstances. And I'm just wondering, where can we find you online? How can we keep up with you? You can find me on Instagram at Nico Gordado um, and Twitter at the same thing. Um, yeah, same. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Emily Tosta, T O S T A. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fun to talk with Emily and Nico and get to know them and the new Party of Five reboot. Now it's time to hear some advice from Matt Balasai. And today he's talking about how to have conversations with people who you don't quite see eye to eye with about immigration. Hey, this is Matt Belisai, and I'm here to help you get your life together. Every week, we got questions about our topics of the week. I'm going to pick the best one and give my best advice about it. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't. Who am I? I don't know. But I'm going to give my advice anyway. This week's question is from Rod from San Francisco. I've been talking to my friends about immigration, and they keep claiming that people should just come here, quote, the right way. My parents came to the U.S. by claiming asylum. I'm afraid my friends will hate me if I admit that to them, but I feel like they should understand that there are a lot of right ways to immigrate to the United States. All right, first of all, I'm just going to say it. Your friends have trash opinions, which can happen sometimes, okay? I, I have a friend who thinks a bag of shredded cheese shouldn't count as its own meal which is wrong, and I hate them for it. But back to your question, you say that you're worried that your friends will hate you if you admit your truth to them, and you should never feel like you can't be fully and truly yourself, okay? This is your story. This is who you are. You're beautiful. You're perfect. You look like Linda Evangelista. 
Nobody can ever make you feel less than. Not your friends, not lawmakers, not some racist on the TV, okay? Your story matters. If you tell your friends your truth and they hate you for it or don't accept you for it, anything less than fully embracing you, they are not your friends, honey. You need to return them to the Friend Depot and find new friends that love and support you and your truth. Because you know what? If you wanted to go out and find new friends, you absolutely could because you are what? Sickening. It should also be said, you shouldn't have to know someone to not be a shit person. So just to summarize, sometimes the reason people have trash opinions is because they think it's happening to other people and they don't realize that... These types of stories are all around them, okay? So if you're comfortable, share your story. If your friends say, I hate you for it, then screw them. They're not your friends. You could go out and get some new ones who love you and your family because you are amazing. So I hope that helped. And if not, well, oh well. Who am I to talk about anything? I'm Matt Bellisite, and you can catch me on my podcast, Unhappy Hour, comes out every Tuesday. Bye. Jenny, we did it. Once again, even in a bonus app form, somehow, we continue Killing to slay. <laughs> I don't Killing understand. it. Um, we're so glad that we got to bring this little bite, little treat to you all. I'm so excited for the new Party of Five, and I can't wait to see what Emily and Nico do. They're they're the future. They really I know. are. I know. Oh I know. I know. Everyone missed us, right? You missed us. You missed us. Admit it. Admit ah. it. You missed us. We missed <laughs> you too. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us. And once again, don't forget to stay in touch. You can share your thoughts about the show on social media with the hashtag a little forward. And as you all know, every week we leave you a little insider code for those of you who make it through the credits. So don't forget to tweet us your answer to our weekly question with the hashtag a little forward and we will be watching and possibly even retweeting. So Jenny, tell us what is the question this week? This week's question. What is your favorite nonprofit or resource to support immigrants? Shout them out with the hashtag a little forward. We cannot wait to see those resources. And while you're posting, you might as well follow us on Twitter and keep in touch, right? So you can follow Freeform on Twitter at Freeform TV. And then you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at April K. Quio. That's Q-U-I-O-H. And I'm at Jenny Yang TV. That's J-E-N-N-Y-Y-A-N-G-T-V. As always, tell your friends about the show. I mean, make sure to rate and subscribe to A Little Forward on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. The show is a collaboration between Freeform and Pineapple Street Media, executive produced by Sasha Kai Parker, Kasime Bernard, Maddie Spronkaiser, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and Max Linsky, produced by Agarenesh Ashagre and Josh Gwynn, with editing help from Jess Jupiter, one of my favorite names. And our music is by Brandon Cadell. And that's our show. Thanks again for tuning in, and remember... You are what? Sickening. Bye!